me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of the Sports Nuts Podcast. This podcast is we talk about sports. When I say we, no more there's we we. We talked about we we last week and Bruce having that quote quote accident, but we won't go there anymore. As always, I'm with Mr. This time all lowercase. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. And just as a result of last week, I'm still in my fat Jim Morrison phase. All right, there's uh, there's something to be said, you know, about that. Uh, don't know what, but there is something to be said. <laughs> but speaking of that, and about being said, as we record this, you guys get a time of reference. The All Star Game is going on in baseball right now. Don't know if anybody knows this. We are 65 days from hockey training camp opening. We are almost there. And a week before that, rookies, you'll get a lot more stuff then. So uh, we are literally 70 days away from seeing NHL hockey. So subtract about 30, and you're right there where uh, KHL, KHL starts about a month earlier. So we're just over a month away from seeing professional hockey, and I'm happy. Well, let's not make any mistake about it, too. I mean, the uh, um, development camps actually opened up last week, so this was a sneak peek into some of the draft picks and some of the kids that are um, actually coming up. And we actually spoke about him last week, but um, the uh, kid that uh, Philadelphia took, I think his name uh, was Nelson, and he had just gotten they actually performed surgery on him he finished up and apparently he's on the ice so i might revise my uh, earlier season pick in that he may be up with the parent team a lot sooner than i thought well that's good did you see who uh, stopped by the stars training camp and uh, practiced with them for a couple hours no mr captain himself jamie ben wow wow you know if there's anything that's going to inspire some of the kids it would be him Exactly. And who was with him? Wasn't on the ice. I'm sure there's some kind of legal thing going on there. His brother. So his brother must have been in town visiting his, uh, you know, Jordy must have been, you know, visiting Jamie. So uh, it would have been kind of nice seeing both on the ice, but I'm sure there's some legal thing going on with that. Oh, I'm sure. And like anything else, I mean, let's face it, you can't keep brothers from uh, showing up where the other one's playing. So uh, I'm sure that uh, there's there's no no uh, issue of tampering here. Exactly. And speaking of old Dallas, uh, Dallas Stars, old coach, Mr. Lindy Ruff, got a new job. Did you hear about that? I hadn't. Who's the lucky team? Assistant coach in the Big Apple, the New York Rangers, which uh, with Lind- with Ruff being in the top five for both coached games and wins in NHL history, he's in the top five for both of them. Do you think they're trying to put a little bit of pressure on their current coach there saying, hey, we got a guy just right here waiting? Oh, I know they're entirely doing that. I mean, let's face it. The Rangers have been stocked for a couple of years now, and the fact that they've had first-round ousters in um, uh, the recent playoff bids, I'm not surprised at all. And it's, I think Vigneault right now has, unfortunately, the label of loser tied to him. And unfortunately, that actually started with uh, their loss to the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years back. And coming to New York, it did not make that any easier. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a date. You tell me over under of him getting fired. Thanksgiving Day. You're going to take before or after? I don't think they'll hit the skids that soon, but I do think it's before the new year. Okay. Actually, I was going to say before Thanksgiving. For some reason, I am thinking about a week after Halloween. If they don't start off hot, even if they're just kind of eh, mumbling along around 500, he'll be gone. Uh, unless they start out like just hot and heavy, I'm thinking sometime between Halloween and Thanksgiving he'll be gone. Now, it's interesting that you bring up that question because uh, 
in, I think it was SB Nation today, had an article uh, asking, is the window of opportunity closing for both the Rangers and the Capitals? As far as I'm concerned, that window is already half shut on the Capitals, and it could actually be all the way down by the time the season gets underway. Yes. So here's the deal. You don't know this, but me and you just made a bet. Whoever's closer to him getting fired, the other person buys them a Coke next time we see each other. Oh, you know, actually, I'll tell you what, why don't we raise the stakes a little bit? Depending on what we have for the NHL package, if we hadn't actually signed up for anything by the midseason, then I say we buy out the rest of the other season. What do you think? (laughs) I'm always up for something. So, uh, yeah, it's... uh... I just have a feeling that it. I thought he was on the hot table already, and coming in hiring Lindy Ruff of all people, uh, and uh, the coach wasn't even at the press conference. That that says a lot. Uh, they made quite a bit of changes. You know, uh, they traded. Uh, you know, Stepan, you know, and uh, now is it Ranta or Ranta? Uh, I I hear both ways all the time. Yeah, I do too. Most of the time I go with Ranta. Yeah, and they bought out uh, Giardi, uh, but they did sign uh, Shattenkirk and Dishonaris. I don't know if that makes them better or worse. I think it's almost a wash in my opinion, honestly. No, you're right. It is a wash. I mean, Shattenkirk, uh, you know, he may have been one of the more highest, highly coveted defensemen free agents this year. But I'll tell you, whatever happened in Washington for the second half of the season, uh, he didn't do himself any favors. But on the other hand, uh, he also took the uh, shot at New York at a discount because apparently he saw something that neither of us saw. And uh Quite frankly, I don't see them going very deep into the playoffs this year either. Yeah. what I thought he signed that, not necessarily that. I thought he signed in New York a little less because if you're a player with just a decent name, doesn't matter the sport, and he has that least decent name, he's going to make that up in advertising. There's going to be companies that want him to pitch their commercials. So I think he'll make up that little less he took to go to New York just in uh, – advertising well let's face it you're moving from a small market and and let's face it i mean dc and st louis don't compare to the crowds or the lifestyle of new york city so i mean you know if that's that's the gold standard for some people i'm not surprised they they draw players like that so i myself you know the boston new york rivalry that's for some sports teams but i got to tell you you know as far as the cities are concerned there's no competition i love new york city a lot yeah um it i new york has passionate fans without being rude fans and i happen to find this out and what was i watching uh about Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Do you know where they got that name from? False advertising? <laughs> That's what I always thought. No. It's a play on, and not really play on word. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, English pronunciations, it's a little off. Uh, it's like Philadelphia or something like that. But it's Latin, Latin or Greek, I forgot, for... Uh, brotherly love it, to treat your neighbor and bring your neighbor in and uh uh treat them as uh you know family uh give them hospitality something like that so it's the name playing off that greek if i'm pretty sure it's greek that's actually stunning because nothing could be further from the truth if you're down there watching sports because i got to tell you there is no brotherly love down there <laughs> Yeah, the city that has, what, the battery incidents, they have the bus turning over incidents, they have the fans running into the locker room incident. <laughs> Every time something really bad happens where the fans are the result, first thing I say is, it's Philadelphia. And as I'm quick to remind our fans, also, let's not forget, they have also had their own jail at Veterans Stadium, so that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, in the 90s, the Cowboys needed one in the locker room, but, oh, sorry, bum bump sorry, I had to go there. You mean South America's team? <laughs> yeah, it's for a while there, it was like every week, uh, 
somebody getting arrested for the, for the Dallas Cowboys. And have you, speaking of that, arrested in the NFL, it seems like minimum, minimum once a week, somebody from the NFL either is drunk driving or abuse of some kind, some way, shape, or form. Either women, kid, doesn't matter. Every week there's at least one, most of the time multiple. Well, and uh, one of the th correlations I would like to make, although I don't know if it's actually very accurate, uh, very rarely do you see winning teams with this kind of problem. Uh, yeah, um, it's just something with the NFL that, uh, and I think it comes back to the kids getting treated as, you know, uh, deity starting in high school where they, they don't have to worry. There's nothing on them or anything. So, so yeah. So anything else about, uh, our New York team? No, I think we can safely put them in the, in our pocket and walk on. I did think of you on yesterday and this morning reading a couple articles uh the stars i thought they were pretty much done but they re-signed two of their players did you hear about that no i'm apparently woefully behind the times these were two that i really thought were not going to get re-signed uh they played for them last year i younger players i really thought they were gone after all the signings and they got both signed for team-friendly contracts. Uh, they two-year contract for Brett Ritchie, and uh, he's 24. This is a tweener. He's after his rookie contract. Now he's going in. This is, you know, basically you either make mega bucks after your rookie contract or you sign a tweener one for a few million dollars for a couple years, and then you get a big one if you're okay. So, Brett Ritchie, this is a tweener. I think this is a great sign for them. Uh, kind of up and down a little bit uh, from where he was uh, a couple, year, you know, a couple years ago. But uh, he can, he has his moments where he can really do good. And the one that I actually liked a little more than that one, uh, they signed a three-year for six point six million dollars for twenty-three-year-old, and that would be uh, Radic Fasca. Uh, he's a forward, but he's a two-way player. Uh, he plays all 200 feet back and forth. Very valuable. Uh, it, very valuable. Now, he only hit, last year, I think he averaged between 15 and 20 minutes a game. Not a lot. But he's that player that's on that fourth, fifth line that at any time can come in and substitute for pretty much anybody any line if he has to and he did a lot of that last year where somebody got nicked for a little while you know those ones that they go into the locker room for five to six minutes and they come back out he uh uh faxa did a lot of that he he came he would come in and go to their line for a little bit then go back to his line so I liked him a lot, and I think with a couple of years here, I think he's going to be something special in a couple of years. So just remember that name. Well, I'm trying to find this story because uh, there's another um, development that came up today, and uh, the Bruins apparently bought out. I'm trying to find the last player, but anyway, uh, it's official. As of today, the trade for uh, Sagan to uh, Dallas is now officially a complete bust. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, um, there was another thing I was going to bring up, but I didn't want to know if I'd want to bring up talk about Sagan again. So I know for Boston fans, that's kind of a sore subject. Oh, no. I mean, I think it's, it's all fair here because the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, um, Bruin management did what Bruin management always does. And on this, it will, it will go down as a colossal fail because, interestingly enough, I don't know if you've seen – uh, what's happening over in Edmonton, but Chiarelli is doing the exact same thing he did here in Boston. So he's putting up some big contracts on some players, which, let's face it, Connor McDavid is worth every dime he's going to throw his way. But now he's starting to compromise the players he can get with the leftover money. And I got to tell you, you know, it's um, one of those things that you better hope that Luchik signs for a lot less in the upcoming years because he's the guy that's going to protect McDavid from here on out. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to say the story anyway. I was really thinking about 
stars had a lot of moves what they did this off season and i was trying to think and what really made me think of that it was espn had an article which you know they bought from somebody since they really don't have any writers that's kind of still sore subject for me but about all the teams and their moves this off season they ranked the stars number one and i think you're gonna be uh one of those potato potato there's a f- probably three to four teams you could throw up there and any one of them who cares and i was trying to think about if all the moves they did what was their best move if i if top of your head what do you think it would be uh signing a bishop okay i was close to that and that's what i was thinking until i really started thinking of it then i started thinking uh radulov getting him from the canadians and i was thinking here's why He's going to jump right in, first line, with Ben and Seguin. That's what I was talking about with Seguin. He's right there, a true top you know, three forward. The Stars, for the long last few years, have been putting in like Richie, Shore, Pitlick, or something like that up there, and just kind of up and down, up and down. And for a while, they really did not have a true right winger you know, that could step in, and now they have that. And with uh, Rodulov... Uh, Seguin and Ben on the number one line. I dang near will put that lineup with almost anybody because uh, all three of them aren't just offense, offense, offense. When you have them three and Seguin is your weak spot for defense, that says a lot. Uh, I think this is going to be, uh, I think with the, just the sheer talent on that line, I think it's going to take two to four weeks for them to gel just because the sheer talent. That's took a tiny bit for Bennett's again too but you know a few weeks really get rolling but when they get rolling I, I'll put them with darn near any line it really gives them that true top line other teams have to respect now if no ends butts respect uh, what they were doing before is you know they always had that not a true right winger number one right winger up there and they kind of had a little weakness there but uh, that's what I think and I think that is going to help Bishop in the defensive end because a lot of teams can't push that one of their defenders up a little higher. He's got to stay back, you know, just back a little bit because if they're on the ice. So I think that's going to help Bishop out also. Yeah, it's so one of the uh, interesting things, one of the problems that Boston had in the, the past couple of years is that you know, Dougie Hamilton in the blue line, I remember when they traded him off to uh, Calgary. And the fact is, is that, uh, well, two things. Uh, Dougie actually just signed his own contract out anyway, because he one of his demands in salary negotiations was that the Bruins take on his brother, who was an absolute awful player, and ended up uh, letting him go. And the problem is, is that every time Hamilton was on the ice, you know, the fact is, is that his, I should look it up before I say it, but um, he was constantly, uh, his plus minus was terrible. And he has absolutely no attempted defensive skills at all. Um, It's easy to blow by him. He's not a physical player. And he sits and watches the game behind the blue line and, you know, either move up to wing and just call it a day or stop pretending to be a defenseman in some other way. Yeah. That kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, what's his name from the jets? Um, starts with a B and my mind's going blank right now. Um, I'm going to have to look this up now. He's kind of the same way. Not Bufflin. Yes. Yes. Bufflin. Cause, yeah. uh, he got, they got him. I thought he was true forward after beginning of last year. They had him labeled now. Everything I'm seeing labeled as defense again. So uh, I don't know. They signed him to a big contract. Is he going to be a defensive player that pushes up? Or is he gonna, just going to be play forward almost all the time but can spell in for defense if they need him? I'll tell you what. Let me take a quick look and see what we're looking at in terms of his numbers. Because, I mean, I think his primary position is defense. Um, the offensive part was just the luxury that they had. Um, like you said, whenever some of the Fords got hurt. But uh, I will check it out. Yeah, and while you're doing that, um, this is we just talked about Sagan trade. And... It was uh, they kind of voted on the stars the last twenty years the top two trades Dallas made, and number one 
obviously was this again, you know, as for benefiting the stars. Number two, this surprised me, the Ben Bishop. And if you think about it, I was like, uh, yeah, they really gave up almost nothing to have the rights for him for two weeks, and they got him signed. So I can see that getting a true number one. I mean, it, it, pretty much anybody you talk to that's into hockey will say, you know, yes, Bishop is a true number one. Last few years, even though we had two more high-profile goalies, a lot of people would say he's maybe a one. They're one B's or, or uh, you know, a two A, not a true one A there. And almost no one you hear talks that about Bishop. So I can see that. So in terms of some of the stats, so actually Bufflin didn't do so badly last year. Uh, let's see. So yeah, he made some cash. So. I think I lost you, Bruce. Oh, yeah. At what point? Because I just realized I, I let up. <laughs> uh, right at the point where you said his numbers weren't too bad. And then I replied back saying, well, he made some cash. You better have. And then nothing. Uh, went dead. Just like the Bruins power play. But anyway. <laughs> uh, good see. segue. Good segue there. A plus. So Bufflin actually did okay last year. He had 52 points in 80 games, uh, 117 penalty minutes. His plus-minus was 10. Interestingly enough, his career is actually negative 27. Yeah. Um, they don't give the stats on minutes played where, do they? Or just minutes per game? Uh, just minutes per game. Yeah, that's a stat I would really like to see with Bufflin. Bufflin, that would be a fun stat with him. I might have to dig that up, try to look that during the week here. If I find it, I'll let you know. Okay, and then I focus back on Dougie Hamilton. So last year was a bounce-back year for him in Calgary because, um, well, he had 50 points as well in eighty in 81 games, and his plus-minus was 12. So better than the previous year when he was traded from uh, Boston to Calgary because it was uh, at negative um, 14. Okay, okay, huh. Um, I'm going to give you a number, Ben Bishop, lifetime stats. You say over, under, okay? Lifetime save percentage, 0. 0.925. I'll guess over, actually. Nope, this one surprised me. It's under, 919. A little lower than I thought. I thought he was about a 9.3. Yeah, I have to agree. I thought it was higher than that. Yeah, his uh, stats are right there, but then you kind of drill down and look at some of the teams he was playing for, uh, teams really not known for their defense. A couple of them, yes, but there's a lot of teams there that are basically just like, hey, go out and try to win it for us. So that doesn't surprise me, looking at the, who he played. Well, speaking of the Lightning, one of the interesting things about this upcoming year, you know who I suspect they'll eventually trade? Uh, Mr. Number One? Stamkos. Yeah, I, I see that too. Um, where do you think he'll go? Who's got the money now? Oh, that's actually an excellent question uh, because I think there's panic in Pittsburgh because uh, they got ravaged in the offseason. Uh, maybe, maybe they have a little bit of cap space. I don't know. But uh, I think that Stamkos' days in, in Tampa Bay are, are pretty much over because I think Iserman gave him a shot to see what he could do this year. He is a, not, a no-show in playoffs. And I think that... The previous two years have, have underscored that because their top scorer has been, I believe, Johnson, uh, Tyler Johnson, and uh, he's amazing out there. And when he got hurt, Stamkos did not pick up the slack. In fact, I think this when they went deep one year, he ended up with uh, one total point in that series against the Leafs. So uh, there's not a lot of playoff value. It's almost similar to David Price and what he's doing in it. Uh, in the Red Sox um, uh, team because he pitches okay during the regular season. But when you hit the postseason, which is why you pay them the big bucks, he's got like a 560 ERA. Yeah, what gets me Stankos is uh, when you said that, the reason I kind of – oh, hold on one second here. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I opened up a link here and a big commercial started playing. <laughs> so I was having a hard time. But uh, – I was, reading, I was reading an article a couple weeks about that, so that doesn't surprise me you said that because 
the last two seasons, you know, he's been injured a little bit. They actually have a better winning percentage when he's out than when he's there. That surprised me. Well, you know who else is like that? Pittsburgh. When Crosby is out uh, and Malkin is the guy who's leading the show, their winning percentage is actually better. I wonder if it just brings them back to uh, a team or, or I don't know how to say that. I don't know, you know. No, I suspect you're right. It probably means that at this point, because they're not relying on one guy to carry the weight here, they all realize that it is a team effort. And, you know, I think sometimes when you have that one person, that can be maybe more weight than the person can handle when it really comes time to uh, to pay. Yeah, I'm looking at something here, and I want to quiz you on something here. I don't put you on the spot. Um, I, I wouldn't get this for the stars. So, uh, the top uh, five goalies for the Boston Bruins. How they're figuring this out is goals against average, save percentage, and uh, regular season wins. Who do you think number five is? I didn't even know he played for them. Ugh, this is gonna be. I'll give. Awful. I'll, I'll, uh... I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a couple of hints. I know him the best for me playing with the Stars, but he's probably known for playing for another team more. Oh, God. No idea. Andy Moog. I wanted to say that. <laughs> you mean the Edmonton goalie. <laughs> exactly. And he played for the Stars a couple of years. So, uh, yeah. Uh, number four. Uh, I give you, give you a hint. Um Oh, he played 183 games over six seasons. So, you know, he really wasn't the starter. Okay. Well, let's see. Well, I thought he was a starter. I, I, I personally, when I read this name and I read this stat, I'm reading it right now. I thought he was a starter because uh, uh, he was playing, uh, you know, around 89, 90, and 88 in that area. And I was in Germany and we used to get hockey games overnight. And so I saw him play a few times, and I thought he was a starter. So I was mistaken. Yeah, the best I can do is Reggie Lemlin. Bingo. Good job. That was actually pretty good. Number three. Um, played 277 game. He played in the 70s. He retired in 83. No mask. or Just a little cheap little thing, the old school mask. Well, I was going to say Jerry Cheevers. No. Nope. Uh, Gillis Gilbert. Ah, uh, Jojo Bear. Yeah. Now, number two. Uh, another 70s guy, uh, but he spent 12 seasons with the Bruins. This should get it. Yeah, I'm going to fail on this one. I don't know. You just said him before, Jerry Cheevers. Oh, all right. <laughs> I thought for sure he'd get this in. Uh, I'm going to be honest, this next one, um, I didn't know he'd be in the top uh, five. I really, really didn't. Uh, uh, see, and I'm going to give you a hint. I did not know he was in the Hall of Fame, so I apologize. So reading his stats, yeah, I've heard of his name but never saw him play uh, because he played back in the late 20s and 30s. <laughs> but I have heard of him, and I'm looking at some of his stats. Wow, for that time period. Is that Brimsick? Nope, Tiny Thompson. Okay, yep. Uh, he uh, he is... Dun, dun, dun. He played 44 games of his first season, all 44 games for us. In that first year, he had 12 shutouts. Dang, <laughs> holy smokes. 1.15 goal against average. Wow. Which is the which is the second lowest in league history. Uh and the first is George Hainsworth with 0.98 set in that same season. Wow. How'd you like to have a 1.15 goal against average in your second? Oh, I, I gotta tell you, these days anything below two is is where folks go. I don't think we've seen those numbers in years. Yeah, um, he played in five playoff games, and in those five, he allowed uh, those three shutouts and only allowed three goals in five games. So, yeah, that tells you uh, 
I've heard of him, but I didn't know he was such a stud. Well, remember a little while back where we went over the uh, uh, numbers for um, Nolan Ryan. Uh, one of the things my friend and I did one day was, all right, well, let's see if Bobby Orr truly was one of the greatest scoring defensemen of all time. When you look at the amount of um, the number of seasons he played, the number of points he racked up, and a plus-minus, uh, there is nobody even remotely close to him. Yeah, and they shed uh, one honorable mention, number six. Who would that be? Tim Thomas? There you go. Bingo. Yep. Uh, I knew he had a couple good years. Uh, 2010, 2011, he had a, a save of a point nine three eight. Holy smokes. And a 2.0 goal against average the year they won the Stanley Cup. He was on. Uh, okay, that's a question. Are we going to see a number uh, 2-0 goal against average for goalie? Uh, right now, the short answer is no. I mean, we went through the closest who I think the person who has a good shot at it, um, but he doesn't have the defense in front of him uh, is Carey Price because his numbers have always been uh, historically very, very good. But, um, yeah, and Lundqvist, He's not going to see those kind of numbers ever again. And I think Rene's best uh, days are way behind him. So the only person I, right now with a legit shot at that, uh, I'm really hard-pressed to name another goalie right now that would be in that league. Yeah, I think Carey Price in Nashville. He could do it. Easy. I, I think he. I think he'd be a... One, one nine, one nine zero to one nine eight. Did I lose you again? Oh no, nope. I was actually going to see if I could bring up uh, um, Price's stats. Okay, yeah, it's. Uh, I would really like to see him. Uh, I, I would like to see now. If this, I'm saying this now. I'd really like to see a goalie when we're getting to. You'll see this a two zero or maybe under. Maybe till New Year's time. Maybe, but then it increases a little bit like in the past. I'd really like to see somebody have it in March. You know, just the late season. Can he do it? I don't think it's going to happen. And my luck, if it happens, it's going to be somebody out here in the West Coast. <laughs> I really do, where they just, every time they play the Stars, they just shuts them down. So, yeah. Uh, you know what? You just reminded me. It if anybody might have an outside shot of it, uh, I would say that Martin Jones might give it a strong run. I, okay, okay. Yeah, I I was really trying to think who. Martin Jones, that's that's not. Uh, I think somebody who has a chance, but I think they got some front office and coaching issues. Uh, quick. I, I, I think he could. But like it says, I think the team is there. But I just think their office and coaching staff would keep him from doing it. Yeah. All right. So here we are. Price's stats. So actually in 2014-15, he actually did have a 196. How many games, though? 66. Oh, it was a full season. Okay. Well, he did it then. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then uh, that. Then the following season, he got hurt because it was 12 games and he did a 206. But last year, he played 62 games and did a 223. Yeah. Uh, boy, just reading those off now even affirms me a better goal than I was even thinking, goalie. Yeah, because also his save percentage is also right up there, too, because during the season where he had a 196, he also had a 933 save uh, percentage. And then last year, uh, it was uh, 9.23. Okay. On the same page, uh, they said the top 10 goalies of all time for the same uh, stats. And this was written yesterday. So this is like up to date, up to date. Who do you think number one is? You've seen him play. Somebody I kind of uh, forgot about, and I forgot how dominant he was. I, I really did. I totally forgot about his name, but as soon as I read it, I says, I'm not going to argue with that. You know, I think it's a potato, potato, but I, I okay. Enough my, fir my first inclination is say Grant Fuhr. Nope. Uh, Dominic Hasek. 
That should have been my first. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, I totally forgot about him. Thinking about goalies, totally forgot about him. And then as soon as I saw the list, I was like, man, when you'd see his game, you know, in the '90s and stuff, '90s, 2000, when he was playing there, it was, it just wasn't playing. When you were playing him, it, it just wasn't saying. Hey, how good is he going to be? You're like, are we going to get a goal tonight? <laughs> you know, it's his only downside was his goal percentage was great because he would have six shutouts and then in one game he'd give up like 12 goals. You know, just every now and then he would just like, uh, nope, I'm not on tonight. I gave up five goals. And so, you know, so it's kind of like, eh. Number two surprised me, surprised me a lot. I'm not even going to have you guess. Um, well, actually, three names. See if you can get number two. Oh, let's see. Uh, I would not have got this with ten with ten picks. You've seen him play in your life multiple times. Now, maybe not person, but you've seen him on TV multiple times. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. I know it's not going to be Rogi Vashon. Nope. Uh, Martin Brodeur. Of course. You know, it's funny. There... He's always around the center of, of really heated discussions about the kind of goalie he was because is it really talent or is it the defense in front of him? I I argue it's the defense in front of him because all those years he had Stevens in front of him. Uh, they've always been a defensive-minded team first, and I think he benefited greatly from it. Yep. Number three surprised me a little bit, um, but – not shocked me, uh, Patrick Waugh. So you were talking about uh, when um, Hasek would have a, a night off. Well, that's what cost the Montreal Canadiens uh, his services, because I don't know how many of you may remember, there was that infamous game where um, I forgot who was the coach at the time, but he left Waugh in the game after it was 7-1. to one. And after the game, he was so furious. He essentially said, I am never playing another game in a Montreal uniform ever again. And that stuck true because he was traded late, later that day. Yep. Uh, number four, here's how good this list is. Number four on the list, I've seen him play, but replays, YouTube. I know the name, uh, but not much about him. He never played in the NHL, but they got him number four on the list. Mr. Vladislav uh, Tresiak. Tretiak. Uh, yes, the Russian goaltender. And uh, they even said on here, if he was in the NHL, hands down, he'd be number one. Uh, and looking through what he, yeah, he, wow. <laughs> That's enough about that. Uh, number five, uh, to be honest, I don't even remember the name. Um, I don't know how long ago, maybe you can help me. Uh, Jacques Plante. Oh yes, of course. In fact, uh, when did he, when did he play? They said to Toronto. Uh, I remember him for Montreal for the longest time. Okay, okay. But when did he play? I would probably say it was roughly in the 60s because the man, I think, who ultimately replaced him was Ken Dryden. Okay, okay. And uh, basically, I'm just going to read off. Six, Terry Swashik. Seven, Ken Dryden. Eight, Mike Richer. Nine, George uh, Vizina. Number 10. Who do you think number 10 is? Oh, I, I'm awful at this. Go ahead. Mr. Carey Price. Really? Yes. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he dun, 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 they got some stats in here. Um, they talked about the 196 goal average, uh, and he had the nine shutouts that year. Uh, and that one year, he was better than Dominic Hasek in any of his years. But Dominic Hasek just had a lot of years barely barely over that so <laughs> maybe long term uh he'll be better but uh yeah so very quickly i'm gonna circle back to jacques plant for a moment because i had no idea that his career was so long he actually played from 1947 to 1975 um and he was with the canadian that's probably why he uh, is on here just sheer 
<laughs> sheer length. Uh, no doubt about it. He was with the Canadians from 53 to 63. Uh, during that time, they won six cups with him. Yep, six cups, and he is in the lead for the uh, Vezinas uh, uh, Trophy, the goalie trophy. Oh, yeah. Um, he has more than anybody with seven. Wow. And the best part about it, it looks like uh, he actually did a stint in Boston, of all things, in 1973. Yeah, I am looking through here. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, looking at some of the others, really. Uh, Mike Richer, uh, I know the name at least. Uh, don't know much about him, but uh, they got a little advertisement on the side of video. I did not know this. Kind of off topic a little bit, but it's hockey. Do you know who's a huge hockey fan, former WWE, specifically the Blackhawks, but he's a huge hockey fan? Do you know who that would be? I did not know this. No, I don't. CM Punk. <laughs> of course. And it makes sense now that you uh, think about it. Um, it's go, the list goes a little further. Notable mention, Halak is 12. Uh, this surprises me. 13, Rask? Uh, Lundquist, 15. Um, Flurry, 16. Ron Hexall, 17. Now, there's a guy I like to watch him play because uh, he's the one player for Philly when he was playing that. He might just say, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to go fight that person there. <laughs> uh, you can never forget the Flyers and the game they brought. <laughs> yep, sorry for coughing on you guys there. Um, 19 surprises me immensely. Um, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, Eddie Belfour, or as I like to call him, Eddie the Civ, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I believe that because all of those years he also played with Chicago. Uh, he was an unstoppable guy. Yeah, he's, I mean, he would make these saves. You're like, that you could not do that. But somebody would like put it in three miles an hour right through his legs. Oh, there it goes. It's like, really? Eddie the Civ. Uh, and number 20 to round it out kind of surprises me a little bit. I think he's on this list now because of the team, Nashville, but Renee. I think he's there because of the Nashville playing style, but he's there nevertheless. Yeah, and I think that he should enjoy that moment because his it's all downhill from here, I think. Yeah, but I think true number one would be Mr. Russian himself. Uh, Tradiak, I think if he really had all the numbers, he would be on top. You just don't have the numbers from the Russians. You know, they didn't keep numbers, especially back then, you know, for Olympic, you know. So, uh, yeah, and he was one of the players. Anytime he would travel, KGB agents would go with him everywhere because they knew he would just walk into an embassy and, become an instant number one in the NHL. So I don't think he ever could have defected. I don't think he wanted to, but I don't think he could have even if he wanted to. No, you're probably right about that. They definitely protected that investment, unlike Boston and Sagan. <laughs> I'm going to do a little research on him if he's still alive. What's he doing now? What he's done? Uh, and if there's a book out there on him. That would be a pretty good book there, too. Uh, okay, enough goalie talk there. Um, sorry they got down another little rat hole with these goalies here, but uh, I thought it was fun. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you had your list. I have mine. Uh-oh. You're going to do better than I did. No, I'm not. So anyway, as you may or may not know, well, no, everybody knows that Yarmir Yager right now uh, is undrafted, I mean, unsigned, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen right away for him. So the um, the uh, minor league team, the Florida ECHL team, uh, had decided, well, we're going to give you 16 reasons to sign with us. And I will just, I'll go down through them pretty quickly. So the first was the opportunity to play against former NHL standout Trevor Gold, uh, Gillies. Uh, the number 68 jersey is available and has not been retired. Uh, he has the opportunity to dethrone Allen, Allen's Chad Costello from winning the league scoring title. Num and the other one was $2 Wednesdays, $2 for hot dogs, beer, and wine. Uh, they have the best fans in hockey. 
have what's in quotes the weekend warrior playing option. Uh, many NHL players train in Estero, Florida each year where, where there is their home. Uh, they are the defending South Division champs. The team has made the playoffs 18 of its 19 seasons. This next one is We've Got Wings, Baby. Uh, they offer. Now, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then you'll love this next one because they have a sleeper bus for road travel stocked with Diet Coke and muffins. Oh, now, as hard as he trains, do you think he would really have the, maybe the Diet Coke, but the muffins? Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, the uh, the last couple ones is you have the brawling with Orlando option. Um, even our goalies score goals here. And you might see an alligator in the pot next to the arena. This is the 20th anniversary season of Everblades hockey. And this is actually the 30th anniversary season for the ECHL. Oh, I'm a big ECHL fan. I like watching those games. Uh, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you think Yager's going to sign with? Because uh, maybe it's not. It's going to take an injury, training camp, or first month of the season. Who, if barring that, who do you think he would sign with? I think if he signs, it's actually not going to be well after the midseason, and it'll most likely be a team that's stocked with a lot of young players that actually have an edge on the playoffs. And I think that that's kind of where they will go with that. I'm actually going down a different route. I'm thinking he will sign, guess, Pittsburgh. Bring it all back home. Uh, he can go for a cup one more time. It's only going to take a small injury, somebody in training camp, and boom, he's in there. And he Because he can realistically, we know he can be a top nine. No doubt about it. Almost every team, he can be a top nine. Some teams may be pushing a little bit, but most teams, he's a top nine. So I think Pittsburgh would love to have him. That would be great for media. That would be great for PR. That would be great for Yager. That would be great for their depth. Because And I think he might even take a little less money if he had apples for apples. I can actually see that. I would agree with that. And it may be the only reason why I watch Pittsburgh Penguin hockey. Yeah, and every since he came back from the KHL, every team he plays with, part of his agreement in his contract, do you know what it's for? Oh, isn't there? It doesn't have anything to do with charity, does it? No, no. He gets, he, he gets his own key and alarm code for the practice place where he's at because he's very well known for sleeping two, three hours, going to practice two, three hours on the ice, going back to sleep three, four hours, then coming back to the rink. He's known to do that multiple times a week. Instead of calling somebody in, in his contract, he gets a key and a, and a combination code. Oh, and interestingly enough, part of the Everblades deal was uh, they also would be willing to find uh, an intern that would actually drive him to the games because I guess uh, the place that he's living in in Florida right now is two hours from the rink, but they said they'd be willing to send somebody to take care of him every day to go out there, bring him, and then bring him back at the end of the night. How good of a gig would that be? Huh. Four hours a day with Yarmar Yager. Yeah, exactly. That would be that would be awesome. Honey, I'm giving my job up. I'm not working this fall. Why? I'm going to volunteer for a minor league hockey team just for five months this year. I think what I'm still trying to wrap my, my head around is the fact that he's 45 and he still has the skills. Yes, 45. Like I says, top nine, pretty much any team. He's a top nine forward. And in Boston, he would actually be top five because... After after the top five guys, the scoring drops significantly. Yes. I'm going to cut out here for a second. I'll be back in one minute. Sorry about that. Somebody's coming up my driveway. Sorry about that. Sorry, everybody. Most of you guys might not know anything happened, but 8 o'clock at night, and the post person just got here, and I had to sign for a package. Oh, even better. I hope that's the, the contract you've signed. Exactly. And it's weird because it was a signature in it because you know how the post uh, office delivers some Amazon. It's the first time I've ever had to sign something for Amazon and it's just a USB stick. No idea why. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> That's what I sound like. He even said that too. Uh, I'm, I bet you it was some kind of mistake. 
in the shipping where it was clicked on signature needed where it didn't, but oh well. So where were we again? I apologize. Oh, no, that's all right. We were actually just sort of wrapping things up in terms of Yager and where things are. And if he ended up with Pittsburgh in the end, I think that would be okay. Uh, so would I. So would I. And if there was a team that would overpay for him, Las Vegas, just to get butts in the seat. Uh, yeah, that would that would be an interesting choice. Um, you know, as far as some of the uh, younger teams, I could see that if the uh, Coyotes would all of a sudden find themselves in the race for something, I could see the, him signing there. Or, interestingly enough, if Calgary looks like they're going to make a real push for it after the halfway mark, I wouldn't be surprised to see them signing... Uh, uh, Jerome Aginla for small money, and he would take it. Yeah, matter of fact, I was going to say the second team, I see Calgary. Um, uh, I see Calgary signing younger. Um, that's my second team I think he would he would sign with. But, yeah, Aginla, yeah. If I was a team that had $1.5 million cap space, I would sign him for a million and a half dollars to see if he would take it for one reason. You know he's going to be trade bait. Come, you know, January, he's going to be trade bait and you're going to get a young prospect or a draft pick. And that's pretty cheap if you can get a top three draft pick, probably a second, third round maybe for him if the team's in need. And that would be very cheap to buy a draft pick for that. So if I had a million and a half-ish cap, I'd sign him for that one purpose. Say that all uh, teams you know that probably aren't going to do much I hate to say Capitals. I don't see them doing much. Uh, Buffalo, Philly, you know, a couple other teams. Vancouver, a couple teams that, you know, kind of like if they do something, it's a little surprise. But uh, that would be just a way to stock your youth. Now, one of the things I'm looking at is actually their cross-state rival. Uh, actually, a couple of um, former uh, Philadelphia teammates Mark Recchi was hired as an assistant coach to the Penguins today. And also in the same day, we have Rick Tockett signing as a coach for the Coyotes. Now, the Tockett signing, I could take or leave. But I think the big thing, hiring Recchi as a, a Penguins coach for a couple of reasons. When he came to Boston during their cup run, he was instrumental. You need a locker room leader. And between him and Sean Thornton, I think those were the guys that were needed to help push the team over the edge at, that eventually landed them the cup. And with Recky behind the bench, holy smoke, that would be a fired-up team. Yes. And you are talking about fired up and good, putting you on the spot again. I haven't thought of this either. In your opinion, which team is going to have the lowest points next year? Uh, actually, I think the Carolina team will because uh, oh, they're dreadful. I was going to say Carolina, and although I know they're trying to build youth and up uh, for some reason, I think every now and then they just have a chance rolling donuts. I think you're right, Cal uh, Carolina or Vancouver. And I think actually we may see the end of the era this year because I think that this could be uh, Cam Ward's swan song. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Uh Yeah. It's uh, so that those are my two picks with Carolina top, obviously. So I think we're in agreement there. If you had to pick a second team, who would you pick? Oh, a team that's been struggling to score goals. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that what's interesting about this now, maybe I was confusing when I was points, I was talking about points win loss. Oh, oh, okay. I think Car yeah, I think your Carolina thing is still there. <laughs> oh, it's entirely there. I, I don't think I, I don't see any hope for them at all. Uh, all the Canadian teams did what they needed to do this past year to get where they needed to, and that's into the playoffs. So I don't think it's going to be any one of those teams. And other than that, you know, actually Buffalo, despite the fact that they've got a lot of stars on their team, they're still dreadful. Um, but the Islanders, too, are also in, in a big trouble. They're in huge trouble, actually. Despite the fact that they, they tied down their good defensemen, they let some youngsters get away. And Tavares is their priority for signing, but he's the only guy that they have, I think, that is capable of keeping the team at 500. 
but not much more than that. Yeah, I am thankful for you in this reason, that I picked my girlfriend team a year ahead of time. Beginning of last year, I said, next year my girlfriend team is going to be the Islanders. I am so glad that you came in and agreed that I was going to be Boston as my girlfriend team this year because uh, I don't know if I could have handled the Islanders. No, and the fact that they may find themselves back out in in the Hamptons again because uh, their contract with the Barclays Center ends this year, and I think both parties have agreed eh, you are not to return back to the Barclays Center or Brooklyn. So they're going to go back home? That's the talk right now, and that's if not Nassau Coliseum is still standing because the reason why they left is it was in such disrepair. So they may not even have a home at this point, and who knows, if worse comes to worse, maybe they will be north of the border, and Quebec may finally land the team they've always wanted. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, could we see the Nordiques come along here? Uh, it's That would be, would they take the Nordiques name again? I think they would. Or because you got two teams with long traditions, and but I think they'd get the Nordiques. I would love to see that because that they they deserve a team. They completely deserve a team, much like the St. Louis city also deserves a football team. I mean, they they've got diehard rabid fans, and they're dedicated to the team. It's just too bad the owners in some of these cities are not as dedicated. Yeah, well, St. Louis did have a little part in that. They had six things they originally said they were going to do when they moved out there, and they did one of the six. So the city did kind of eh on their end too. But, yeah, I think they, they could they could have made it work in St. Louis. You are right. They, they could have made something work. So, yeah, I think if they go there, they'll take the Nordiques name, though. Oh, and you were asking the team with the least amount of wins. Actually, I just saw a team, I think, that could actually be even worse than Carolina. And I didn't actually consider it, but New Jersey, they've got nothing. They literally have nothing except uh, Snyder and goal. So I'm going to make it a priority. First time uh, Carolina plays the Devils, I'm watching it just to see what happens. Oh. You better make sure that you have a lot of either soda with you or a lot of coffee because that game is going to be boring. No-dose. Speaking of that, I completely forgot about no-dose and I saw it in the store. I think no-dose is, uh, you know, the 80s version of uh, Starbucks. (laughs) It could very well be, actually. Because people our age, everybody knew what those little yellow pills were. Those were no-dose. Everybody knew what those were. Well, you know, it wasn't until I ended up working a third shift job that that's when I discovered the joys of coffee. And now it's like a drug. I can't quit it now. Caffeine doesn't affect me. But in the Army, I got to love the taste of coffee. So now I'm a coffee addict and not because of the caffeine, just because I like the taste. Just plain black coffee. Uh, cheap coffee, instant coffee, good coffee. The only coffee I'm not a fan of is Starbucks. They're plain, their flavor's okay, but they're plain coffee. It tastes over roasted to me. I'm going to get hate mail. I'm sorry, but uh, I, one of my favorite places to go get coffee, believe it or not, I despise all their food because I think it tastes funny. McDonald's, they got great coffee, but their Egg McMuffin's good. But other than that, ugh. All right, I just I just remembered what we could totally put up for this uh, bid because we I've already forgotten already. We already we placed a bet in the early part of the show. What was that again? Uh, when uh, the Rangers coach will be fired before Thanksgiving. I'm saying you know before basically Thanksgiving, and you're basically saying after. Yep. Here's here's what the loser would have to do. He would have to buy the winner a box of Tim bits from Tim Hortons. Okay. Okay. Can you get those Amazon or eBay? I believe you can. You may actually even be able to get them direct from Tim Hortons. Okay. Okay. Cause we have no Tim Hortons down here. None. So it's not like I can go to a Tim Hortons, uh, been to a Tim Hortons, but, uh, there's no Tim Hortons anywhere around here, but we do have, um, in and out burgers all over the place. Ah, ah, those are good. So where you can, I like with the lettuce instead of the bun, although I'm getting this big double 
burger with cheese and everything on. I don't know if the bun really makes a big difference, but uh, my mind makes it feels like it does. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> I don't know if we can top that in this show. We better cut it, cut it right here. No, I think we've reached the pinnacle. <laughs> Exactly. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you got any comment, questions, or concerns, or if you want to join us, come on. Just email Tracy at com. If you want to email Bruce, send it to me, and I'll forward it off to him. And remember, everybody, I want everybody listening to this right now to go email Mr. Stephen McLaughlin, door-to-door geek, com. Go to contact there. And just in the subject line, Put, I'm bothering you because Tracy and Bruce said so. I want everybody to do that at least twice this week. Why? Just because. But other than that, thanks everybody for listening. Take the time out of your busy schedule, download and listen to this episode. Everybody have a good day. Good week. <laughs>